ladies, welcome to Save the Girls Podcast. We're your hosts, Jocelyn Haas and Michaela Johnson. And today's episode is going to be sharing our personal testimonies and talking a little bit about sin. <laughs> we always have to do it. Like, yeah, it. it's like now the thing. <laughs> All right, hey guys, so we're just going to start out by telling a little bit about our personal testimonies because I honestly always find those very inspiring and yes. hearing other people's stories in general just makes it more realistic, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, also struggling with sin because I feel like Honestly, they go hand in hand. Oh, yeah, and for sure. And it's something that every single Christian and every human being on this earth has to deal with. Yeah. So I think it's important to talk about. Um. So, Kay, <laughs> how did you kind of come to Jesus and just share your personal experience and any part of your testimony that you feel comfortable talking about? Okay, I honestly am completely fine pretty much talking about the whole thing. Because, like, yeah. nothing... I guess, like, the... Te- what I think when I think about testimonies mm-hmm. is, like, how beautiful they are when you get shaped into, like, a person following Jesus and, yeah. like, seeing how beautiful, like, you become mm-hmm. when you get Jesus in your life. So, I've always went to church, like, my entire life, and when we w- got to eighth grade, my parents gave us the option. But in the middle of middle school, I went through a time where I was, like, kind of suicidal. I don't think I would ever really kill myself, but I, I told, like, my friends and, like, family that I... I think it was my, like, call to, like, have people actually start caring about me almost Mm. because I didn't feel like I was cared about. Even though I knew people loved me, but you just know when you don't feel cared about. You just feel, like, empty. Yeah. Like, you just need someone to be like, I need you here and I love you and I want you here. And so one night I was, like, in my room and I was praying and I was like, God, I don't know what to do. I'm lost. I'm lonely. This was when I was in, like, seventh grade. And I felt the warmth of God. And I was like, wow, this is great. And so I didn't really know God yet. And I didn't know Jesus. Like, I I believed in God. I knew he was there, but I didn't know anything. I thought the only way to, like, to talk to God was to pray. And that was it. Like, I learned about him in Sunday school. So then in eighth grade, we got the option from my parents. Like, if you want, after we were confirmed, we got the options if we wanted to go to church anymore, if we didn't. And we all chose, me and my siblings all chose to not go to church. And my family was really big in my old church. So we, my grandpa had this song devoted to him when he passed away. Mm -hmm. So we went back and I was like, wow, I really miss being like part of a church community. So then I started going back for like Sunday school and chimes or for bells because I wasn't in chimes, (laughs) but for bells and like did um choir and all of that and it was really cool just being part of that but my church had a really small youth so it was kind of like discouraging because it was like me one other girl that was way younger than me a guy that was my age and then a couple other boys that were younger than me and that was it and it was just kind of sad because when you're that young and you are grow up in a world like everyone does and you don't have a lot of Christians around you when you're that age it's kind of like discouraging like yeah why is all my friends not doing this and I am it's not It's almost not fair, but you choose to do it. And so I then got in a relationship, and it was like I would still go to church and everything, and I taught Sunday school, but it just the relationship wasn't that good. It wasn't good on either part of us, um, and it was toxic like we've talked about before in the past. And so then I still believed in God, and we would have conversations, and I would say to him, like, oh, I want our kids to go to Sunday school, like when – we get married and have kids, and he'd be like, no, they don't have to go to Sunday school. And I'd be like, uh, okay. Like, <laughs> yes, I forgot. Yeah, like, I forgot that you're you're their only parent, but yeah. whatever. So then I was just kind of like, uh, whatever. And um, so I, we broke up, me and the guy broke up, and literally, like, 
after we broke up, I turned to, like, drinking. I smoked all the time. Like, I would get blackout. You can ask Joss. I would get blackout drunk every single weekend. Yeah. Like, bust. I busted my lip open one time. and that's That what, was the point where I was like, yeah. we got to <laughs> do something. I would go teach Sunday school, like, hungover. And that's, I think, like, God was, like, pulling me to church. And I helped little kids. And I love that. But it, it's still not okay. Like, I'm almost ashamed to say that, but I'm not, like, mad at myself. That's how I learn, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I've had sex before marriage, and now it's kind of, like, something, I guess, you learn, like, if you have sex before marriage, like, it's almost like you don't feel welcome at that church, because you yeah. think, like, wow, they're gonna, they're gonna be like, whoa, like, who are you? Even though it's something you learn from, I think, and so then I got the opportunity to move out to California, and I, my mom kept telling me, she's like, if it's in God's will, it will happen, and I'm like, okay, and at this point, I wasn't really close to God at all, but I would pray, and I prayed every night, and, um, that's another thing, before me, when me and the guy were dating, we broke up, um, we, I was, I prayed every night, and I was like, God, if this is not the one for me, like, don't let him be in my life, and then we ended up breaking up, and I say I can, before the, before I had a relationship with God, and know the Holy Spirit could be invited into your heart, I, um, or know what that felt like, I, like, was like, I can tell the future, like, I know when things are gonna happen, Yeah. even though it was really the Holy Spirit telling me, like, girl, you guys are gonna break up, like, this and that, (laughs) but I just knew we were gonna break up, and so then we ended up breaking up, but so then I got the chance to move out to California, like, six-ish months after me, and him broke up and right when I moved out there I was like I really want to find a church because I love teaching Sunday school I love being around kids and so then I started I met this girl named Molly and she was like you should come to this life group with me and I was like okay and so I went to the life group and it was interesting it was really cool I've never really been I grew up in church and I was like this is cool and it was cool being around all kids my or adults my age young adults And then she was like, you should come to the Jordan with me. And I was like, the Jordan? Like, what's the Jordan? Mm -hmm. And the first message at the Jordan was forgiveness. And I'm like, all right, dude. (laughs) Forgiveness, this is something I do not want to talk about right now because I have so much anger built up inside me. Like, I didn't want to talk about any things I I had inside of me. But, like, with Molly, I just met this girl, and I felt like I could, like, spill everything in my life to her. Like, Mm -hmm. anything that I did. And you would think that... What people think about Christians is you think people are, you're, they're going to judge you. And I just knew I could just tell her anything without mm-hmm. her ever, without her ever judging me and her being like, you know what, God still loves you and he wants to be with you. And she introduced me to like her um, group of friends. And so now that that's how I kind of got in the group of friends. And I think I can't exactly say when I got saved. I don't have an exact date yeah. or exact time or anything. But like I just started wanting to know more about God and like leaning more towards God and then I um one night the baptisms it was like after a month of going to church the Jordan was doing baptisms and I was like I'm not gonna do it today like getting baptized Mm -hmm. as an adult like I'm not doing that like I'm not further further enough along with God yet like Mm -hmm. which when you keep saying that that is not you that is the enemy telling you that because he wants you to think that and um I just knew, like, I just kept going back and forth, and then when all of a sudden, like, that night, I, like, was making excuses to Molly. I was like, Molly, like, I'm not gonna do it, and I was saying it to Caroline, like, I want to do it, but I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I, like, can't do it, this and that, and then I finally was like, I'm gonna do it. So I got baptized, and it was amazing. You feel like when you come out of the water, like, you literally, in the song Holy, like, when he says, like, when you come out of the water, like, you're changed, like, that's so true. You feel 
literally when you get out of the water you feel so unstoppable you feel so loved like it doesn't matter yeah. like you just want to ball your eyes out yeah it's time so- literally just like pauses uh-huh. for like that moment and yeah. you just feel so good like you wouldn't think like that it would mean that much or that you'd feel that different but yeah. honestly like that little gesture is just so beautiful yes yes um I 100% agree with that and so I 100% think God brought me out to California to learn about him and to meet those of that group of people that pulled me to God and to make me have an open mind about God and so then I um ended up having to move home from California because it just wasn't working out with my family out there, which I was very bummed out about because I just loved living there. And I kept saying to myself, I was like, something's going to happen. This is too good to be true. Like, why is it so good living here? Something's going to happen. So then turned out that it just wasn't working out. So I had to come home. And this is like, I kind of felt, I always felt God during worship. That's my time that I feel God the most during praise and worship, during music, anything with music. And, um, I was driving and I was having the hardest time with like coming home and um, I was driving and all of a sudden this song intentional comes on and it just like I felt God there with me and it was just like he was gonna he was it says in the song where it's like he's working everything for your good like it's gonna be okay and then I come back and everything in my life as much as I miss California and it sometimes drains me from not being there like God really is working in my life more than I think Mm. and it it's really showing me and I'm starting to really realize what he's doing in my life and how good he is and how much glory I owe to him because I would be nothing without God yeah I me and my grandma were just talking about it too like her stories are amazing too and she was telling me she was like I'd be crazy without God. <laughs> I'm like, literally. Yeah, same. I tell God every single day, like, I need you every day, God. Yeah. I couldn't do it without you. Right. And I don't, I don't think I realized that before. Like, when I was so depressed, I was so angry all the time. And there's still times where I get angry and irritated. It's no human emotion. But, like, once you sit back and you're like, God, please help me through this day, your mood, like, instantly changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so much and there's like other little things that have happened to me where I feel God but I don't like can't put the exact moment on yeah. or what it is but it just I cannot tell anyone enough my testimony isn't like crazy or anything mm-hmm. but it's just crazy how much God can take you from being an I was probably an alcoholic I'll say I was like oh, yeah. from being an alcoholic getting drunk high all the time and make you into something so innocent and now I've decided to I'm not having sex again till marriage because like God showed me the only one that really will know how know how to love me is him and know yeah. what I need is him so I'm gonna wait for him to give me the husband that mm, I need I love that yeah. that was honestly the most beautiful way you've ever told your testimony oh thank you it was really beautiful thank you I um, appreciate that what about you Jazz what is yours so even though I know it, but yeah. <laughs> um, well, mine is a little more, I feel like bumpy because God was, wasn't always prevalent in my life. Like my family kind of like yours, like I grew up still going to church, but it was a Catholic church and we didn't really have, we were never taught that relationship with God. Kind of like how you talk, but I honestly wasn't even taught how to pray. I wasn't taught anything about the Bible, really. Like, in church, they read from the Catholic Bible, but it was not taught. You know, it was just kind of, like, read, this is what it is, and, like, you don't question God's word. And that was very, like, a very prevalent thing. 
I was not allowed to ask questions about God's word or about God. Like, you just were supposed to believe and that was that. Which is so crazy to me because how are you supposed to learn? Like, you can't it's learn? Yeah. Like, it's literally almost like they did not want you to learn. Yeah. Like, they didn't want you to learn. And honestly, part of me thinks, like, some of them just didn't know. Yeah, so because, they didn't want to explain it wrong? Yeah, because in my church, like, my baptism teacher... At my church personally, I'm not saying that this is how all Catholic churches are, and I think that's something that I get nervous telling about my testimony because I'm not bashing the Catholic church whatsoever, but this is my personal experience and my personal church. My baptism teacher, since we weren't taught to have that relationship, she did not know how to, like, inform me about it. And you could tell she got so uncomfortable when I would ask her anything because it's almost like she just didn't know. Right. And so I got very discouraged by that, though, because I'm like, well, I don't understand this. So how am I supposed to follow something that I do not understand? Right. Um, so that was a big part of like my childhood, just questioning God, like constantly questioning God. Like, who are you? Like, how do I build this relationship with right. you? And so then that kind of continued. Like I went to church every weekend because I was supposed to with my grandparents and it was just this continual thing. So then me and my brother kind of like had a conversation with my grandma and well, I personally had a conversation with my grandma and I was like, you know, how do I know I'm going to heaven? And she's like, you can only go to heaven if you get baptized. And I'm like, starts crying like so dramatic but like I was like well it's not my fault that I didn't get baptized right my mom just didn't baptize me when I was a baby like and honestly when you think about hell it's terrifying like people don't really think I was only I was like a freshman in high school so like I was a baby like I was I was so scared and I'm like well it wasn't my fault like why can't God understand that it's not my fault that I'm not baptized (laughs) so she's like you know this is like before I understood anything and so she was like well let's get you baptized then like let's go and so I'm like okay so we went through the classes and that's when you know I met my baptism teacher and all of that happened that I already kind of talked about so then me and my brother get baptized together and I, after that, I kind of stopped going to church because I was like, well, I'm baptized, like not going to hell, like I'm good, (laughs) don't have to do anything else for the rest of my life, like I'm baptized. And so, um, then throughout high school, and I've shared a little bit about this before, but I was still feeling that void, like I was depressed. I have had really trying and traumatic childhood Um, neither of my parents were really in my life growing up at all. I was raised by my grandparents. So, um, I just was battling a lot already at a young age. And, um, you know, my dad was into drugs and all of that. So he was really like, he put us through some very traumatic things, me and my brother. And, um, so yeah, when you go through that so young, you kind of just question like, God, like, how could you let this happen to me? Or like, if there is a God, like, why didn't he save me? You know, whatever. Like, especially as a kid, you just kind of naturally question those things, you know? Right. And so um, that kind of already was, like, hard for me, I think. And then, so I was still searching for, like, that spiritual thing. I feel like it's kind of a natural thing for people to just want some kind of spirituality in their life, whether they're aware of it or not. We're always looking for something yeah, like higher than us to like, let us know that it's okay because life is hard. Living life is very hard and there's a bunch of things that are against you in this life. And so I think all of us at, at least one point in our life, like look for something to like take our pain away. 
Oh yeah. And, um, so I was feeling that spiritual void and just kind of on the search for something. And I came across the law of attraction and this was, (laughs) (laughs) this we kind of talked about really in depth, but, um, my boyfriend at the time kind of introduced me to this stuff and, um, I never experienced anything really crazy or anything, but I was still very depressed and it really didn't help me much. You know, like I still had that void and I was obviously still in that toxic relationship that was just so bad for me. And it literally felt like I had lost myself. Like I lost everything in my life. I lost myself. I didn't have any direction. I really didn't have any hope. Um, I just didn't know who I was and I didn't know what I wanted out of life. And so then graduating high school, I was still in that relationship where he was so abusive, he was so manipulative, and I was just drained. Like, I had lost every sense of who I really was. And so um, I kind of got off the track of even following the law of attraction crap because I was just like, I don't really... I don't understand this. I don't see it doing anything in my life. And I just kind of gave up. Like, And after me and him broke up, since he wasn't any longer filling whatever void I needed filled even though he wasn't really doing anything for me but like in our heads I feel like toxic relationships in a way are like addicting yeah and we just almost feel like we can't leave and they're filling something for us but we can't really pinpoint yeah so then once I didn't have him anymore and mind you while I was with him I wasn't drinking me and one of my friends smoked every once in a while but it wasn't like I was really into that stuff ever and then after me and him broke up like I just went all out like I started going to the clubs underage like I'm 19 like in the clubs like drinking till I'm almost blacked out no we knew some of the bouncers oh okay 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 yeah we knew like like, there's two clubs in our city that like some of my friends I didn't personally know them but some of my friends knew the bouncers so we would like go out every weekend and we (laughs) thought we were so cool because we're like 19 in these clubs with like these nasty old guys like hitting on us but anyway um so yeah I was like it's actually kind of cool like you're like heck yeah yeah, no literally but and this is where this in my opinion is where my story gets crazy like, it's not one of those testimonies where it's, like, you know, night and day. Well, no, actually, it is. Like, it is crazy. So, anyway, so I was binge drinking, like, every weekend. Like, and I think we almost we almost make ourselves feel better, like, justify our drinking by, like, well, I only do it on the weekend. Yeah. I only do it every other weekend. But it's, like, girl, I was, like, downing, like, half bottles of tequila. <laughs> like, I had a problem. Like, that's a problem. We, like, normalize this binge drinking. Yeah. And it's, like, not normal. Like, having a glass of wine here and there, like, and enjoying, like, yeah. having a few drinks is fine. Yeah. I'm not saying go out and go crazy, and I'm not saying drinking alcohol, because I don't even really like drinking alcohol yeah. anymore. But, like, having a... F- like a drink here and there and just like in like doing it to socialize isn't the worst thing in the no, world but it's literally not like, like oh you're going to hell because you have a glass of wine yeah. or you have a couple of beers like no but this was like getting bro, black out like, like every other weekend yeah. is not okay and, like i never officially blacked out but i was drinking enough to where i should have like i was <laughs> drinking a massive amount of alcohol And I had never been a drinker before, so it was pretty concerning. Like, why am I doing this? But I didn't think anything of it because it was so normal. Like, Mm -hmm. among my friends, among, especially in Wisconsin, like, we drink for fun (laughs) because that's all there is to do. (laughs) There's that and, yeah, that's it. That's it. Like, oh, go up north and, like, shoot some animals. Like, that's pretty much all we have to do. And they're probably drunk doing that, too. No, 100%. Anyway, but, yeah, that was me, like, every weekend, like, so drunk and just like doing
doing things that I normally wouldn't do. And so then I got to the point where I was just like filling my voids with that, with alcohol and multiple men, like not a good look. And it was some, it's something that I'm obviously still ashamed of, but thank God we have a redeeming God and my sins are forgiven. But, um, so yeah, that's where I kind of was like, girl, like, why are you doing this? Like why you're not this person? Like you don't, sleep around you don't do this like why are you doing this right and it almost was like a wake-up call like girl you really need to like start getting it together like we can't so um I stopped kind of going out as much and I stopped seeing guys like I was just kind of to the point where I'm like I don't even want to talk to anybody like I just kind of want to get my life figured out because at this point it's like okay like what am I doing with my life like I'm I was, I'm still young, but I was like 21 at the time. And I'm like, we need to start getting some direction. Like, I don't know, but I was just really, really a sad person. And so then that last, not last summer, the summer before I met my now boyfriend and, um, it was at Summerfest, a uh, music festival here in Milwaukee. And I was really drunk, of course, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I met him and it was just like instantly like, I know we say, like, oh, love at first sight. It wasn't, like, love at first sight, but it was just, like, we instantly had some kind of connection, and, like, he was just such a sweet person and, like, a sweet guy, and I was just like, wow, like, I've never met a guy that's just so genuinely sweet, like, right away, like, Mm -hmm. just wanted to have a conversation with me and just really nice and wasn't super forward or, like, annoying where he was, like, very obvious about stuff. It was just, like, he was so just sweet. And so I was like, wow, like, he's a sweetheart. But, like, I didn't think anything of it because, again, I was not looking for a relationship. I wasn't looking for anything serious. Like, I genuinely just was like, oh, he's nice, whatever. And so then he ended up asking for my number and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, (laughs) another man that wants to freaking text me and go on dates. And I just didn't want it. And, um, but then he called me, like, he didn't text me, he called me the next day, and I'm only telling the story because it all plays into it, mm-hmm. to each other, but he calls me the next day and asked to go on a date, and, like, did not text me, and I'm like, this is weird, <laughs> like, I even <laughs> contemplated answering, normal. because I'm like, oh my god, like, I've never had a guy call me before, like, that I don't really know, right. you know, like, what the heck do I do, so, but anyway, so I answered, and, like, he asked me to go on a date with him and I was like yeah I guess like really nervous but okay and so we went on a date and literally like within the first week of dating he asked me to go to church which is so crazy which is so random because mind you like he's been to church yes but he was not like a consistent church goer like he didn't go every weekend like he was you know drunk when we met too like it was that type of thing you know (laughs) we were both like what so anyway so he has a best friend that he grew up with her and her mom go to this church here in Milwaukee called Faith Builders and that he that was his excuses that oh I want you to meet them but like at church okay yeah so anyway so we go to church and I just remember crying like right away just crying and I did not understand why. I'm like, why am I crying? Like, I never cried in my church, in my Catholic church at all. Like, not at all. And so, it's just so crazy. And um, so, yeah. So, then I was like, okay, I really, really like the feeling of being here. Everybody was so nice. Everybody was hugging me. Just the sweetest people. 
And I never really looked at church as, like, a modern thing or, like, something that, like, young people could really get into. Like, to me, that was, like, because at my church, it was all older people. At my Catholic church, it was all older people. There was no kids, nobody my age. Like, I was the youngest person attending my church. Like, (laughs) maybe my brother, actually. But, like, literally outside of that, no kids, like, whatsoever. And so when I went to Faith Builders, it's like, wow, there's, like, a lot of young couples and a lot of kids and you know, whatever. It was just such a different atmosphere and there was different races, different cultures where at my church, it was predominantly white. So it was just something that I was not used to. Everything about this church, I just loved. And the people were so welcoming and loving and genuinely happy. And when I saw that, I was like, I, I don't have what they have. Like there's something about these people that I just don't have. Like they are genuinely happy sweet people and I feel like at that time in my life I was just kind of like pessimistic like not very happy ever and you know I still have my days as everybody does but it's just it was just so different and so we continued to go like Thursdays and Sundays like (laughs) I was I was sold like I still was not I wouldn't even say and I kind of hate using the word saved because it's like what does that really mean Mm -hmm. I just didn't really have a full-on relationship with God but I knew how I felt when I was there and I loved it and I felt like I had a calling and a purpose somewhere within within the church realm or within ministry in some way even though I had no idea what it even was um and so yeah that's kind of how that started And I just continued going, continued going and built my relationship. And eventually God just kind of like showed me who I really was because for so many years I had lost that. And he is continuing to just continue to show me that and um, unfold my purpose to me and unfold what life really can mean and what life really can be with him. Mm -hmm. Because without him, like life didn't have meaning and life didn't seem to have any purpose and I was constantly confused and conflicted and now that I have him it's just like my mindset's completely different and um I don't know I guess it just depends like God has a purpose and a timing for all of us to turn to him Mm -hmm. and it just seems like everybody kind of chooses that moment when we're like rock bottom and we have nothing else to turn to and that's Mm -hmm. the moment where we all like turn yeah because when you listen to testimonies it's like usually not when somebody's in a great place where they haven't known God where that's the point that they turn to God it's always when they're going through something hard right and something where they don't have anything else and I almost think like we question why God lets things happen and I truly think that that's why he lets things happen because that's the moments where we actually realize how much we need him yeah you know and if we never hit that point we wouldn't know how much we need him yeah exactly and um I think a lot of times too like both of us even said it like we kind of downplay our testimonies we almost downplay what God's done in our lives but then going through the little intricate details no God has done so much in both of our lives and it's like even if it's just that he delivered us from alcoholism or he delivered us from sleeping with men and all these things like that's huge though. Right, right. And that's that's the reality for a lot of us nowadays. And like he chose those things and allowed those things to happen in our lives so that he could save us. So it is yeah. a big deal and it is like a testimony. Yeah, you I know agree what I mean? With that. And I guess I never thought about it that way cuz I'm so used to hearing like such big testimonies like where they're like I literally was, like, on the verge of dying, and then God brought me back, which is so beautiful. No, yeah. Like, nothing against those, and I'm 
not that I'm jealous of it, but it's almost like I'm like, dude, I wish something like that. But sometimes those people needed a bigger event so that they could be like, wow, God is real. Or like maybe, maybe we didn't need that drastic of a thing to happen. Like he knows what each of us needs and what going to make each of us turn right yeah. and so I think in those moments those are people who truly needed something so drastic and so huge for them to finally be like okay yes like God is real he saved me like they can't deny it right we're like you and I maybe we didn't need like as much of a push but it's still a story like he still delivered us from things yeah I completely agree with that and I um I really think about too because my relationship with God and how I feel God is completely different than what anyone else does Mm -hmm. and like when I feel God the most is when I'm listening to music sometimes when I'm reading I'm like okay this is cool but Mm -hmm. what does this mean and some people feel him so much and and that's what I think people think when they think about God they're like I should only like I should feel him when I'm reading the Bible like why am I not feeling him right now and your relationship with this with God is designed the way you need to learn about him which I kind of just I think I almost got revelation with saying that and that today because I was talking to my Christian therapist about it and she was saying how like your relationship with God is going to look completely different so and I knew that like everyone's relationship with God is different so the way I feel God is going to be different than anyone else and so for a while like I would sit there and read my word and I'd be like why am I not getting anything out of this and sometimes I do and I'm not saying I read it to get something out of it but, like, why don't I feel you right now, God? Like, mm-hmm. I know you're here, and I know you're always with me, but why can't I feel you? Like, I want to be able to know you're here. You know, and this is crazy, because I just saw a TikTok and whatever, but <laughs> Christian TikTok is awesome. And it's always where it's teaches, at, man. Yeah, and it always teaches me things, but they literally said, or no, it was Instagram, actually. And this girl was answering people's questions, and this person, she basically said that there are spirits that can... St- almost like block you from feeling God because they don't want you to feel Mm -hmm. God and you have to like ask God to like almost like take that away yeah so that you can feel them feel him but that goes to say like you're not always going to feel God and that's okay and you almost have to be okay with that because I think at first that was my huge thing like why can't I feel God? Right. Even though I wasn't reading the word, I wasn't doing this and that. And a lot of times God's answers are in the word. Even yeah. if it seems boring sometimes, even if you don't want to sometimes, like what he has to say is in his word. Yeah. And if you pray about something and open his word, I promise you, like usually you will find some kind of revelation if you're asking him questions. Yep. And you're looking for it and you're seeking, like actively seeking, he will show you through a person, through something you see on the internet, yeah. through his word. And we have to we have to be the ones that are physically seeking that. Yeah. And I another point my therapist said today is like God's always there and he's always talking to you. It's just when you choose to listen. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you have to ask God for that mind to be able to discipline yourself yeah discernment and to discipline yourself to know what is God what's not God and just like actually be willing to open your mind and open your heart to hearing him yeah because it's very easy to get distracted and to ask God to help you not have so many distractments distractments distractions distractions i was like distractments that does not sound normal but distractions so then because he'll help you he'll he always answers all your questions all your prayers like if you ask god to help you not have so many distractions he will help you yeah and that's the thing too like i think we're not really taught like 
all you have to do is ask God. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be these formal prayers. <laughs> like, I feel like I grew up because Catholic, it's like you have prayers for things. Like, the rosary, for example, or, like, specific prayers that you say for, like, God or one of the saints to hear you. But it literally could just be talking. Like, yeah. God hears you no matter what you say. Like, yeah. not no matter what you say, but, like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, you can't be, like, swearing at God. Right. But, like... like you know, like, God, can you answer my prayer? Like, I really need revelation of this. Or mm-hmm. I really need you to show me this. Or why is this happening? And he will slowly start to reveal it to you in ways that you would never even expect. Yeah. And that's the thing. You have to be looking for how God's answering your prayer sometimes because it's not always in black and white. Like, yeah. sometimes it's, like, through a situation that's very hard for you, but he's showing you something in that. Yep. And you have to look for God in those situations. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, like, a, for example, when Joss was saying, like, he, you can just simply being as talking to God. Like, you could literally be driving on the street. Michael Todd said this in one of his sermons. You could be driving on the street and, like, somebody could be making you mad. You could be having road rage and you could be like, God, please help me through this. This person's really pissing me off right now. Like, I can't do this. Please help me. And God will literally get you through that. Yeah. No, exactly. And I think we make we make our relationships with God so complicated when they don't have to be like it could be so simple it's just like a relationship with you and your best friend like God wants to be that relationship with you and like you have with your best friend yeah and something me and Kay were talking about earlier before we actually started the podcast is sin and how to kind of deal with sin and almost forgive yourself for sin because like I said it's something everybody deals with Mm -hmm. it's something that every Christian or every person who believes in God deals with yeah there's no getting rid of it. We're in an imperfect earth. Like, it's it's going to happen no matter what. It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. But, and I heard, actually, Michael Todd say this, too, is we don't go to hell for sin. We go to hell for disbelief. And, obviously, take that with a grain of salt. Like, that doesn't mean, like, go and do whatever yeah. the heck you want. Like, we <laughs> go still... get drunk every weekend. Like, no, yeah. not do that. <laughs> like, we still need to be acting, like, godly and we still need to strive to be like Jesus every day but it's just basically saying like Jesus wouldn't be a thing wait no how do I word this if God were planning to send us to hell for sin he wouldn't have sent Jesus yes that's what I was trying to say like Jesus was a thing so that we don't die go to hell for our sins Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like but disbelief, that's where that's where God's like, you at least need to have faith. Yes. Like, you will get into heaven as long as you have faith. Yep. And as long as you claim that Jesus died for our sins and believes that he died for us and he is our Savior. As long as you believe that. And like Josh said, like, don't go do whatever you want. Yeah. God disciplines. And what I, my therapist said this today, too. Like, God disciplines us. He doesn't, uh, I'm trying to think of another word when your parents, like, yell at you. I'm trying to think of what that is. When somebody, like, yells at you, it's not discipline, it's somebody else. I mean, he doesn't condemn. He doesn't condemn, but there's another word. I think it starts with a T. Anyways, <laughs> so, like, it's, there's a difference between, like, discipline and, like, by God and, like, trying to teach you something from it and trying to make us better. That's why God disciplines us. He's not, like, sitting here and being, like, you suck, like, you shouldn't have done that, yeah. like, you are a terrible person for that. Like, God doesn't do that. God is... I've said this before, God is always in a good mood. So when God comes to us with something, he's coming with it to us for us to learn from it and to become better. Like, even in the moment when it seems like, why are you doing this to me, God? He is doing it so we become a better person for him. Mm -hmm. And, like, 
my sin could be as little as like gossiping, gossiping, thinking stuff bad about myself, like anything could like little things are sin but god wants us to know that we can come to him with those sins and be forgiven mm-hmm. like we don't have to hold the guilt of like i'm not saying go talk crap about people and then go say stuff to mm-hmm. god but like literally you could be like god i'm so sorry for talking about this person like shouldn't have done that like i'm sorry for drinking i'm sorry for doing this and god will take those burdens off of us yeah and it's interesting because i actually was watching a sermon this morning And he was basically saying, he's like, repentance isn't necessarily confession. So, like, when you're repenting, it's basically you telling God that you're going to turn from your sin. Like, you're going to choose to be better in this area. You're going to choose to do it right next time or whatever. Like, you need to actually believe that God can help you turn from what you're dealing with and what you're struggling with. Because some of our sins are addicting and like Mm -hmm. it's almost like we feel like we can't turn from them and it's discouraging and we almost feel like we'll never be able to overcome this and you're right like we personally will never be able to overcome it Mm -hmm. without God right like God's the only one that could truly truly help in the areas of sin right so yeah I feel like sometimes we just let our sin kind of like condemn us or make us feel guilty and it doesn't have to do that like we don't have to allow that to happen as long as we repent and confess to God that's all he asks is for us to ask for his forgiveness and we're naturally forgiven because when we come to him all he sees is Jesus and he knows exactly why he sent Jesus and it's for that exact moment when you need God yeah Yeah. I 100% agree with that and I don't what do I want to say I really think sin, we let override our lives so much. And yeah. I think that if we really just let Jesus over, like, and God run our life, our lives will be so much different. And I'm, yeah. and sin is so common. Like, it's going to happen whether we want it to happen or not. Like, I sin on a daily basis, even if I don't want to admit it. Like, sins are things as simple as thinking something bad about yourself. Like, mm-hmm. that's a sin to God. And so, and sin is all the same. So, like, me thinking something bad about myself is like someone murdering somebody in God's eyes. Yeah. Like if, and, um, like my grandma, for example, this lady literally, she was, did prison ministry like crazy. And my grandma's this little, like if those, like you ever met my grandma, like she's this little, like tiny lady. She's the most like, Sweet. yeah, sweet lady. Like you'd be like, she did prison ministry <laughs> and she literally went to death row and she met somebody that, um, like, picked somebody, like, killed somebody by, like, axing them, like, crazy, and she said that in death row, like, where these ladies were gonna get executed was the most holy place she's ever been in, crazy, because God, when he looks at you and you confess your sins and tell him that he's the, like, light of your life and that you say that Jesus died for my sins and he's my savior and I want to be just like Jesus, God will take you and make you brand new and make you who he wants you to be. That's so beautiful. That is so beautiful. And I think a lot of times we let sin hinder our relationship with God. Yeah. Like we almost allow that. Granted, sin does turn us from God, but it doesn't always have to. As long as we bring it to God, like he'll help us with it. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we just let our guilt of sinning keep us from God or keep us from talking to God or letting us feel unworthy of talking to God. But like that's what God wants to help us with most. Yep. And I've said this before too, but like it literally says so many times in the Bible, 
like Jesus was sent to help the sick, not to help the people who are already doing okay. Yeah. Like he was sent for the sick and for the sinners. Like he was specifically sent for us. So that really helps me because it's like, wow, like, yeah, that makes sense. Like God wants to help the people who are hurting. God wants to help the people who are dealing with sin and dealing with addiction and dealing with all these hard things that come with this world. Yeah. He wants us to allow him into those things yeah and i can't remember exactly what book it is in psalms that i think it's like 149 or 139 something with a nine at the end and (laughs) it's in the hundreds it's basically saying like jesus and god already knows what we're going to do like he already knows the words are that are going to come off our tongue before we even speak them Mm -hmm. he knows where we're going to hide he knows what we're going to do before we do any action so when we hide from our like hide in from God with our sin like he already knows what we did so why not just confess not confess but just tell God like I'm sorry for doing these things I want to be different and I want to be changed and I want to be more like your son yeah it's almost like Adam and Eve like where they literally hid Mm -hmm. because they ate the apple or the fruit and they're hiding from God and God's literally they're like hey guys like where you at why are you hiding I know you did it (laughs) you were naked bro right like that's literally what God says and so it's funny to think that we do try to hide from God when, like, we can't. Yeah. And <laughs> like, he knows. <laughs> another crazy thing about that um, story, and this kind of soul goes back to soul ties and what we've talked about in past episodes, but literally, like, we're, when you are with your husband, you're supposed to feel so beautiful and not feel ashamed of your body, but when you're going out and doing sinful acts of, like, having sex with, like, random people and just doing all those things, and I'm not condemning anyone who does that, like, that's your life and your thing, but for me personally, like, if I did anything with a guy before, like, I would almost feel, like, ashamed and, like, my body's not good enough, like, this and that, and that's how um Eve kind of felt in that moment she was like my I'm not beautiful enough for Adam like and in that moment I honestly feel for her because that's how you feel but when you do it in the act of like having God first in your life and having God first in your relationship you will not feel sinful like in that moment of those things sorry that kind of was on a tangent but like that's beautiful yeah that makes a lot of sense because if you do think about it like Whenever you have sex outside of marriage, well, not everybody, I should say, whenever I've had sex outside of marriage, I felt this instant guilt right mm-hmm. after, and I felt, I usually I would honestly cry, like, right after, because oh, I just really? almost, yeah, like, I literally instantly felt guilty, and even when I didn't know God, though, it was, like, just this personal thing, because I always told myself that I was going to wait until marriage, and I didn't. It was almost like I let myself down, and because I feel like we have all these external pressures now right where it's like oh we're in high school and one of our friends loses their virginity before us and it's like this stupid thing but it's like why haven't I like I yeah. should be doing this like, like you will go and hang out with your boyfriend or a guy real quick just to get have sex and then leave like it's almost like this normalized thing yeah we feel almost pressured into doing it way faster than we might even want to because we just look at everybody else and it's like, okay, they're all doing it, so I should be. It's, like, weird if you don't. Right. And so I think it's really important to be, like, planted firm and know this is what I want and this is what I'm doing this for a purpose. It doesn't matter what my friends are doing. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing or even what my boyfriend wants me to do. I know what I want and I'm staying firm in that and in that boundary. And this is mainly for the younger girls who are still going through that stuff and like being surrounded in high school and stuff because I feel like that's the place where it's the hardest to almost yeah. like not give into that. Right. And I think if you're surrounded at a young age by like 
knowing how much God loves you and like actually realizing it and be fully known in God, you are still going to have those pressures, but you will almost be not as tempted to do it because you know what you want in your future husband. Yeah, you know why you're not. Yeah, exactly. But when you kind of are like iffy with church and you don't have a very strong relationship with church, it's more like, what's the... Yeah, like, why Why yeah, not? Yeah, exactly. Like, everyone else is doing it. Like, let me join in. Like, why not? And so. sometimes even after you're saved, like, those things still come to your mind and like temptation still comes and it doesn't make it any easier right it almost just holds you more accountable yeah and you know that like even if you give into that once like you know right after wow I shouldn't have did that like Mm -hmm. I feel I feel convicted like I shouldn't have did that very much so I definitely agree with that I think that's a really important topic because I think it's something that a lot of people are uncomfortable with talking about but it's so important because it's the real life of this society, of this world. Everything is sexualized yeah. and, you know, everything, like, sexual things are so normalized now. Right. And so for people to talk about abstinence and whatnot is, like, very weird and, like, whoa, don't talk about that. Like, right. But it's not something to be ashamed of because even Kayla and I, like, we've both done it outside of marriage. Right. And it's, like, there's always that temptation. But it's just about, you know, recognizing is this going to better my life? Like, is being abstinent going to make me more confident? Is me being abstinent going to raise my value to other people? You know, it's about asking yourself those questions and staying firm in that no matter what else the world around you is doing. Right. I definitely agree with that because when you do those things outside of marriage, like, and when I did before, like, it was, I thought it was fine because it was with my boyfriend, but really in real life, like, it didn't really give justification yeah like i did that too i'm like oh i only have sex with guys i'm dating yeah and then it's like um okay but are you married because but in those moments you almost feel like well i'm gonna be with this person forever so right you you think it doesn't matter right and then like a month goes by and you're like oh we're not gonna be together forever right right. like they just cheated on me or whatever yeah no literally being doing those things with in marriage protects your heart from those things Mm -hmm. because i think a lot of times we're like well god like why are you only, why are you putting these restrictions on me? Or why are you putting these boundaries around me where I can't do that? But God puts these things in place to protect us. Yeah. And we don't realize how much less heartbreak and less hurt we would encounter if we honestly just followed his ways. Yeah. And I've had like people ask me that guys, like, well, like, I just don't understand why you like have these restrictions. And it's just like, well, one, I don't really have restrictions. I just don't have sex. Like, yeah. I'm just not doing any sexual things, like, until I get married. And it's just, like, I don't, I think I'm personally having a better life and feel better about myself now, knowing that I'm not just, because you're having sex with people. People have something to say about you, bad yeah. things to say about you. Why would you want that for yourself? Yeah. And it honestly weeds out the ones that only want that. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, it protects you and you don't realize it. But if you're getting in a relationship, especially at a young age and within a couple weeks of dating, you're having sex, that guy isn't going to be with you until marriage. Like, it's just not realistic, especially, especially if you're, like, 14, 16, like... They're not thinking about kids and marriage at that young age, but I think girls do. Right. And so we're more quick, like, oh, this is going to keep them. But girl, it's not because now they're just getting introduced to it younger and now they get a little taste and they want more from more girls. Yeah. And then you get cheated on and then your heart's even more broken rather than if you wouldn't have had sex with them 
and then you would have broke up, like, right. you're going to be a lot less heartbroken that way. Yeah, I definitely agree so, with that. So, again, I don't know how we end up here. Yeah. <laughs> we always <laughs> get somewhere at that. We then. start talking about our testimonies and then end up talking about sex and abstinence. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I really it's think cool. it's something that people need to hear. It's something that's important to talk about, whether it's comfortable or not. Like, I think it's important to talk about. I agree. 100%. Yeah. But, as always, thank you guys so much for watching. We're so grateful for every single one of our listeners, for, ev- for everyone who actually makes it to the end. Thank <laughs> you. I know we kind of talk a lot sometimes, especially this one. This is a really long episode. So, thank you if you are at the end of this and listening to this now. Um, go ahead and follow us on every single platform. We are now on every single platform. <laughs> including TikTok. Including TikTok. <laughs> it is earth-breaking, earth-shattering, because I never thought I'd be on TikTok. But here we are. It's for it's for you guys actually. So go ahead and follow us. And yeah, if you could like and share anything, because we wanna save the girl.